This is the 5 a.m. Miracle, episode number 488. The Top 37 Sleep Strategies, Supplements, and Wearables. Good morning, and welcome to the 5 a.m. Miracle. I am Jeff Sanders, and this is the podcast dedicated to, well, sometimes going to bed. (laughs) My goal usually is to help you bounce out of bed with enthusiasm, and technically, if you get great sleep, well, that's the bedrock foundation of being able to wake up with all that energy. Now, in the episode this week, I'm going to break down a few dozen or more effective strategies for getting the best sleep you can get. I'll also discuss my list of personal sleep strategies that I use every single night. And, this is a bit controversial, why sleeping naked may be in your future. That's right, let's get to it. So it's time to optimize your performance in the bedroom. I'm talking about sleep. Sleep. Yes. And I've got a few strategies for you to choose from this week. You know, sleeping well is the foundation of a productive day, of a healthy day, of an awesome day. And there are so many actions you can take right now to improve your sleep tonight. Now, we've got a lot to cover today, so I'm going to go ahead and just dig right in, and we're going to discuss these strategies, and I want you to keep this in mind as I share these, as I've done on the podcast before. There is no intention at all that you try all of these. (laughs) In fact, if you want to uh, overwhelm yourself right away, you can go ahead and radically reinvent your life and do all these things. Uh, That's not the goal. No, the goal, as it always is on this podcast, is to find what works for you and double down on those few strategies, those few key tools that make all the difference. Now, recently, as I'll discuss uh, later in the episode, I have been uh, experimenting with a variety of new things. So my personal list of sleep strategies is uh, more extensive than it has been in the past. Uh, But as these things usually go... I will experiment. I'll try new things. I'll bring in a variety of tools and wearables and tech and all these different ways to enhance my life. But then I'll back those things off. And a few weeks from now, I will wind up with a sleep strategy that is even more scaled back. But yet those things I've chosen are extremely profound. They are absolutely essential. I think I'm there now, which I'll discuss later. But for you, if your sleep has not been great, if you've been struggling, if you have those late nights where you can't fall asleep or those middle-of-the-night wake-up calls where you can't go back to sleep or you wake up in the morning and you're just groggy and tired and you can probably hear it in my voice, I didn't sleep well last night. Um, If you may have heard the podcast episode last week, I had a science infection then. Guess what? I've still got it this week. So my sleep has been disrupted due to illness, 
uh, on top of the fact that I have two young girls who are also sick. Uh, the challenges of being a parent play into sleeping in a ginormous way, uh, among other things. So if you have found yourself in a scenario, in a life situation where, man, sleep's a problem and you want to get it to be not a problem, or you are the high achiever who wants to optimize every area of your life and get the absolute best sleep you can get so that those ambitious goals you want to achieve are possible. Well, welcome. Welcome to the 5 a.m. Miracle. This is your place where we're going to explore those concepts and hopefully allow you to get the best sleep you can get. One thing on this podcast that I have not discussed a lot actually is sleep. I tend to focus this show on productivity, on action steps, on things you can do. But the thing is, is that action steps regarding sleep go hand in hand. You've got a lot to choose from. So without further ado, let's get to these top 37 sleep strategies, supplements, wearables, and a whole lot more. I have broken down these strategies into phases. And so the the goal here is that phase one will lay a foundation and each phase will build upon that foundation as we move forward. And so from that perspective, in theory here, these foundational phases are more important and the ones I'll get to at the end of the list are a lot less important. So from that perspective, let's go with phase one, which I'm calling your healthy sleep foundation. From my perspective, and this is actually something that I do quite a bit where I'll get an email from a listener or someone who's read my book, and a very common question is, well, Jeff, and in fact, just recently I got this email from someone um, in South Korea who is studying for a big exam and is having a lot of difficulty squeezing in the time for the study time before and after work in order to guarantee that the healthy habits are in place, the productivity is in place, but also how do you sleep when your life is extraordinarily busy? And the advice I gave to this student and the advice I'm going to give to you is that sleep is more important than those productive actions. Your healthy foundation, well, it's a healthy productive foundation, which means your productivity is based on your health. This has been a pivot I've made in this podcast in the last four years or so is a shift to the healthy productivity stance. That's what this show is all about. And so from that perspective, if this student in South Korea wanted to essentially cut back the hours of sleep per day to make more room for productivity, more room for study, for work, for personal goals, even running and exercise, And my advice right away was, no, 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 no. We need to back this up. Your sleep is the thing that will make everything else easier, better, and more effective. Cutting sleep in the name of productivity is not only a temporary solution, it is almost always the wrong solution. I'll make that very clear here. Cutting sleep is not what we're talking about at all. The number one thing we're focused on is quality sleep that's enough for you to function and be your absolute best. From that perspective, we're all a little bit different. My wife requires more daily sleep than I do, usually to the tune of at least an hour or more per day than I require. Now, I would benefit from more sleep, sure, but she actually functionally needs more than I do. So everyone's a little bit different here. 
what I am definitely not recommending is you cut back on this extraordinarily healthy foundation in the name of goal achievement. So from that perspective, what I have found to be the most most profound thing you can do for your health is, of course, your 5 a.m. miracle that sets the tone for the rest of the day that will then lead into your evening routine and your sleeping. So whenever I get the question of, well, Jeff, how do I improve my sleep? How do I fix my sleep cycles that are off? This is the big one, right? You, you're you going to bed later than you want to. You don't feel your best. You feel like you just can't get into a rhythm, a healthy set of habits, a, a routine that actually creates that cycle of health and sleeping that you want. The number one piece of advice I give is to wake up early or earlier than you usually do with the intention of doing some cardio exercise first thing. Yes, I am biased towards trail running. I'm definitely biased towards cardio exercise in general. However, the one thing I've seen across the board is that those people who emphasize a cardio workout as their first activity in the day will regulate their hormones and their sleep cycles throughout the day so that when sleeping time shows up that night, you're ready for bed. You know, one thing I've noticed with myself is that you know, I tend to drink a lot of coffee. So cutting back caffeine is part of this solution. Of course, I have a, a personal limit to cut off caffeine by 12 p.m. every day. Cutting back caffeine is a great strategy. It's like the second strategy here on my list. But the thing that makes the biggest difference is not reducing caffeine because caffeine is kind of a fluffier, higher level thing. We're talking more foundational hormones, cycles, your rhythms every day. And what I have discovered is that if you can reset that rhythm first thing in the morning, the rest of the day, your body will respond with more natural cycles that then allow you to peak at the right times and then drop at the right times. So when the time comes to drop in the evening with your energy to fall asleep, that's going to be possible because you you know use that energy early in the day. Now, yes, there are those who work out later in the day. Um, I tend to be one who, if I'm going to lift weights, will do so in the late afternoon. But speaking of that, my third strategy here for this healthy foundation is that when I do lift weights and go to the gym, I emphasize using the sauna at the end of that workout. Now, there's a lot of reasons for a sauna being a great uh, activity in, in a workout, but a direct relationship between the sauna and sleep has been very apparent for me. So as a simple example, if I go work out, let's say at 4 p.m. in the afternoon, and I end that workout around 5, 5.30 with a sauna session, by 8.30 or 9 p.m. that night, I am whipped. Like I am absolutely ready for bed in large part because the sauna relaxed my body. It helped to you know, bring down the stressors of the day. The healthy foundation you're looking for, this phase one foundation, is based on these healthy rhythms that you establish generally through uh, exuding the right kinds of energy, the right times of the day to get your body reset. So first strategy, cardio early in the morning. Second strategy, reduce your caffeine and cut it off at a very specific time. Uh, For me, that's 12 p.m. You can choose whatever time you want. And the the third strategy here is if you have access to a sauna or any ability to uh, bring down the energy late in the afternoon, early in the evening, find an activity that allows that to be the cycle you get into. 
So when the evening routine shows up, well, then you're ready for it and things are working for you. And now to continue our journey for better sleep, phase two is to prep your sleep environment. We're talking about your bedroom, the place where most likely you sleep every night. Now, in an ideal sense, the best strategy here is to guarantee the bedroom is only used for sleeping or other personal activities. So we'll leave it at that. Uh, Ideally, there's no television or other work activities or really anything else going on in the bedroom besides the bed and sleeping. As an exception to that, I will note that in our house, my wife uh, built a home office in our master bedroom because it was the only real space we had available for her, which is unfortunate in terms of sleep quality. It actually works out okay for us, but I'll just lay it out there that in, in an ideal world, you associate your bedroom with sleeping and nothing else. And you do this because it's a cue to your brain subconsciously that when I walk into this room, especially at night when the lights are down, I'm here for sleep, and that's it. And when that happens, you can build that rhythm and that cue in such a strong way, a strong pattern that you just naturally get tired when you walk into a dark bedroom. That's probably happening already for you, uh, but if it hasn't been, it might be because the bedroom is being used for lots of other things. Second strategy here is to lower the temperature. I'm a huge fan of having a cool temperature at night. I have a, the temperature in our house is set down pretty low. I have a, a small window air conditioner in my studio so they keep this room I'm in now cool every day. I really like it cold. My wife does not, so there's a battle there. It's the most common battle between uh, spouses I've probably ever heard. But generally speaking, a cooler temperature at night in the bedroom will allow you to sleep deeper and better. Next strategy here to prep that environment is to use blackout curtains or really anything that would eliminate light sources. We're talking even alarm clocks that might be too bright or any electronics of any kind. Hopefully those are either turned off or they're not in the room or they have been darkened as much as possible. Blackout curtains have been essential for us, especially early in the morning when the sun rises before we want to get up. If you're an early riser who gets up before the sun comes up every morning, then blackout curtains may not be necessary. However, you may have street lights or other light sources outside that might cause problems. So blackout curtains here are great. The next thing that my wife and I have loved, Tessa especially has loved for so many years, is a thick or weighted blanket. We love our weighted blankets so much that if we sleep anywhere else, go to a hotel, go to the grandparents' house, whatever the case is, we find ourselves struggling to sleep because the blankets feel like nothing. They feel like air on top of us instead of this thick, heavy, uh, just comforting feeling. And that really does help you to sleep better when you have that sense of being very cozy. It probably goes back to, you know, many years ago when you were in the womb and you were warm and cozy and curled up and and that sort of feeling. That's basically what you're going for. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. 
Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. The next thing that I love to do, and I've done this for many years now, is to use what is the equivalent of a body pillow. Um, I don't actually own a body pillow. I've tried it before. It was too obnoxious for Tessa, but the body pillow concept is utilized every night in my bedroom in the sense that I have four pillows that I use every night. That's right, four. (laughs) Now, two of them are under my head, and I use two there in part because they're old and thin but also because of my sinuses and my allergy issues, which you can hear every week on the show. When I have my head elevated just slightly, it helps with my sinus drainage. Lovely conversation, but that's just how it goes. The more that I can have my head elevated, uh, the better I actually can breathe and sleep. But then I also use a pillow between my knees because I don't like my knees touching at night. It's a personal preference here. And my fourth pillow, I actually squeeze and hold on to like a person, you know, that body pillow concept. And so I wind up with four pillows every night and it's really kind of clunky combination in the bed. And between that and the big sheets, there's a lot going on. It's kind of messy. But once I get comfortable, all of these things add together and I just fall asleep and I'm out and it works great. So if you have not utilized some of these key things like a weighted blanket or a body pillow, it's, it's fantastic. Now, the next strategy is actually not necessarily about your sleep environment, but more about your mental environment for sleeping. And by that, I mean, if you're anything like me, you get ideas and you have stressors or fears or thoughts or worries or uh, to-do lists in your brain that cycle through all night long. And you may find yourself unable to sleep because you can't turn your brain off. This is a very common issue. And one thing that I did years ago was add a night pad next to my bed with, you know, pen and paper so I can write down ideas right there because it's going to get that idea out of my head and onto paper and I can stop thinking about it knowing that tomorrow morning I will get to it. Now, you may think, well, I'll just use my phone. Why can't I just type in my notes digitally, Jeff? Okay, the phone next to your bed is probably the worst faux pas for sleeping in our modern world. I have not had my phone next to me at night for over a decade. The phone next to you at night is going to be the worst distraction, the worst potential subconscious distraction that I can imagine. It could light up. It could make noises. It could vibrate. It could also just be this source of potential uh, sleep obstruction. 
my recommendation is to not have your phone in the bedroom at all or have it very far away from you so you can't get to it easily on purpose. My phone is actually turned off at night and it's charging in my home office far from my bedroom. That's what I do. have done it for years. And I do so on purpose because I don't want that phone available. I want to have a distance both mentally, physically, emotionally. I don't want my normal work life or communication, right? The pings and dings and rings of emails and texts and all those things. I don't want that while I'm sleeping. If you can pull that off, that's a big one. Now let's shift to phase three, which is your evening routine. So we've laid the healthy foundation of exercise and limiting caffeine. We've prepped your sleep environment so your bedroom is really well suited for sleeping. But now it's the end of the day. You finished your work for the day. You want to wind down, prepare for sleep so you can actually fall asleep well. What does that include? Well, most people, if you don't do this already on, on purpose, uh, it's helpful to intentionally dim the lights in the evening. So usually a set time for my wife and I, it's actually when our girls go to bed, right? They're usually in bed by 7 to 8 p.m., somewhere in there. And so by about 6.30, I've already turned the lights down in the house. Now, it could still be sunny outside, which is kind of a problem in the summer, but we have to prepare our girls to go to bed earlier than we do, and so I need to use these same strategies for them that I do for us. So dimming the lights is a big deal to begin that evening routine process. Once the lights are dim, in this case, my girls are asleep, and so my own routine is kicking in, uh, I always take showers at night. I've done this since, I don't know, maybe I was a kid. Uh, Nighttime showering has always been my thing. I know that most people do the morning shower, and that is their thing. I don't understand it. I am like mind boggled that someone would go to bed without a shower because it's just been so baked into me for so long. Like I want to feel clean when I get into those sheets. It's just a personal preference and I don't feel clean unless the shower has happened. And so for me, a shower is a cue for sleep. It's another example of something that when I get into that shower, that usually very hot shower and then cold afterwards, it allows me to then go through that cycle of the day is ending. Let's make this happen now. Likewise, when I take my nighttime shower, I will also go through a process of taking my contacts out of my eyes and putting on my eyeglasses that I only wear in late evenings and very early mornings. My glasses have become a cue for sleep as well. Because I wear contacts all day, putting on my glasses is another subconscious cue that the day is ending and sleep is coming. You can see the pattern forming here. We're trying to enact all of these cues that tell our body sleep is approaching. And the more of those cues that exist, the more likely your body is to calm down on its own without the need for sleep aids or other supplements, which we're going to get to next. Uh, But on this topic of glasses, a lot of people will lean on the blue light blocking glasses that you intentionally would wear at night to block the specific kind of, of light uh, from your technology, TVs, computers, phones, they they do work. They are effective. I find them to be obnoxious to wear, and it makes everything yellow. And it's really weird. <laughs> and so I personally just, I can't wear them. They just annoy me too much. And so I just, I skip that step in the process. If you like your blue light blocking glasses and it, it works for you, um, those are very effective to help you prepare for sleep. But of course, the better strategy here is just turn off the electronics. 
Just turn off the phone, turn off the TV, put the computer away. When those things happen and the technology is not available, then your body can actually begin the process to allow sleep to happen. So your last kind of activities in the evening before sleep is going to take place most likely would include something that's much more calmer, that's non-technology based. Could be reading, could be yoga, could be meditation, whatever it is you want to do to simply acknowledge technology is gone, sleep is coming. Phase four, let's get to those supplements now, those kind of sleep aids or other things that might be beneficial to give you that extra assistance. Let's imagine that you've had maybe a lot of caffeine or a lot of high stress or your sleep cycles are off or, you know, sleep just for whatever reason is a problem, but specific to the idea that falling asleep is the problem. One thing that I've been trying recently is a supplement called Deep Sleep from the Fusionary Formulas Company, which was actually founded by one of my past podcast guests, Shivani Gupta. And it's a phenomenal product, and I will have a link in the show notes for that as well as a few other things I'm about to mention. Uh, so jeffsanders.com slash 488 is the place to go for those show notes. Now, there are a variety of kind of deep sleep uh, supplements you can take. Uh, that's the one that I've been recently using, and I do find it effective and, and helpful. Uh, my general take on sleep aids is that if you cannot use them at all, that's probably ideal. I tend to view these kinds of supplements as not to say crutches, but more like a temporary assistance to help you transition from a sleep cycle where things are off to one where a rhythm is now established. And once the rhythm is in place, you can probably ditch all of these sleep aids in most cases. So that first one is a potential supplement there. Uh, the second is a sleepy time tea. Uh, there's a specific one that I use that I buy from the grocery store here locally from a company called Celestial Seasonings. And their sleepy time tea, uh, I find to be wonderful uh, and helpful for later in the evening. Um, another kind of sidestep here, though, is you want to limit your liquids before you go to bed so you don't have to use the restroom in the middle of the night. So you want to kind of find a happy balance here of the teas or supplements or liquids you might take at night, uh, including alcohol, anything that you might consume later in the evening that could impact your sleep or disruption while sleeping. Along these same lines, there are sleep essential oils. I've never actually tried these, uh, but I have heard good things from my neighbor across the street. Uh, I know that sleep essential oils are a, a very effective thing for certain people, so that may be my own personal next experiment. Now, if we go beyond kind of those natural solutions, right, the, the supplements or the teas or the oils, we then enter into the area that I think is uh, potentially more risky which are your like prescription-based or over-the-counter medication sleep aids. The things like Tylenol PM, NyQuil Zs, um, even just drinking alcohol in general. People tend to lean on these types of solutions to counter the stimulants from earlier in the day. These things are all depressants, right? They're intentionally depressants to bring the body down, alcohol included. And so if these things are part of your daily rhythm, you are training your body to basically need those depressants to bring your energy down. And in an ideal world, that's not going to be the case. You're going to be able to use those strategies we discussed earlier of early morning cardio and later afternoon kind of sauna or strength training. 
you find those natural rhythms that help you to fall asleep naturally, well, the sleep aids are there for you when things just suck, right? <laughs> if you just really can't make it work. Um, I have personally used Tylenol PM and NyQuil Z's and alcohol. I've tried all of these things in a variety of combinations to figure out what works for me personally. And I think that's really what this is all about. This is very personal. How you respond to medication or to uh, other drugs, it's a very personal thing. My wife is much more sensitive to these things than I am. I have a very high tolerance. So for me, I can take quite a bit and feel basically nothing. Now, having said that, I know for me, Tylenol PM is extremely strong, and I no longer use it at all. I find it to be not only too difficult to use, but I'm extremely groggy the next morning. I just cannot wake up. So it's just usually never worth it. On the other hand, NyQuil Z's is the one that I do tend to use on occasion in large part because it's a liquid-based uh, medication and you can customize very clearly how much you want to take. So I can take a very small amount if that's all I need. It also is not habit-forming, which is extremely important. All right, We're not talking about addiction here. We're talking about a non-habit-forming supplement, essentially, that you can take to assist you on a temporary basis. If it's needed, I have used these things uh, quite extensively while traveling. Uh, last summer, I took this long trip to Australia, 16 hour flight across the ocean. Yes, I used sleep aids on the plane and yes, it was effective. So I am I'm not here to tell you that sleep aids have no place in your life, but I am here to say that these things are potentially uh, they are potentially dangerous in that sense that you might find yourself addicted to them or feeling like you need them to fall asleep every night. And that is not the goal. From my perspective, there is a place for these things in, in, in the world, but you want to be uh, very intentional with those choices. Uh, the last category here in terms of supplements, I kind of toss this one in, which is uh, basically protein. Uh, I eat a protein bar. Usually it's a cliff bar that I take um, later in the evening. It, most people in, in dietitians and nutritionists will tell you that eating late at night is bad for weight gain and bad for your sleep. What I tend to find, at least for me, is that if I have a Cliff Bar, a protein bar, before bed, I fall asleep faster. My body will send blood to my stomach and think about digestion, and I'll stop thinking about whatever's on my mind, and I'll fall asleep, and I'll stay asleep. Uh, I use that strategy probably more than most. It does work really well for me, so if you think a, a protein bar could be that effective for you, uh, I think it's worth looking into, especially if you are going to bed hungry. Because going to bed hungry does tend to disrupt sleep quite a bit. Uh, I think it was last year in the podcast I discussed my experiment with fasting. And one effect that fasting has, uh, besides weight loss and other health benefits, is that your body tends to counter the lack of calories with more adrenaline. Your body will tap into your adrenaline to give you energy to continue to function. And adrenaline and sleep do not go well together. So if you have fasted for too long or you have not eaten or you're hangry before bed, sleeping is going to be difficult. So make sure that's addressed well with a solid dinner. Phase five, wearables and technology. So now let's get to the things that this is where <laughs> I look weird when I'm sleeping. I'll, I'll explain that. So I use a variety of wearables now. Um, not all of them will stick around forever, but these things are really cool if they work well. All right, your first wearable is the most common thing you've probably heard of or use yourself, 
which is an eye mask. I love my eye mask, and it has become, I would say, probably the most essential thing that I do every night is guarantee I have my eye mask for the same reasons that I have the weighted blanket. It's a comforting feeling now. right? I have gotten so used to that idea that there's something on my eyes Without it, it feels like my face is naked, right? It doesn't quite work for me. So an eye mask, you know, obviously will block out natural light and other artificial lights, and it will allow you to stay asleep longer. Um, this is especially important if there's too much light around your sleeping environment. Um, it's also a comforting cue for sleep. And will once again, give your body that, that cue that this is time to close your eyes and go to bed. The second technology strategy that I've been using now for uh, probably the last couple of years is not only the fact that I have two alarm clocks, but I also have both alarm clocks on the opposite side of my bedroom in places where I cannot see them or reach them from my bed. This is going to sound a bit bizarre. It's probably the most kind of weird thing I might do, maybe. There's more weird things coming. Don't kid yourself. Uh, So the first alarm clock that I have is set uh, across the room. Um, It's actually one I'll have linked in the show notes. That's a sunrise alarm clock. So it actually glows and gets brighter um, as the alarm's about to go off. That's not effective whatsoever if you're wearing an eye mask because you can't see it. So it doesn't make a, a bit of difference. But if you don't wear an eye mask and you want to use those glowing alarm clocks, um, they are really great. I, I did use those years ago for that purpose, and it's highly effective. My second alarm clock is a backup one. Both of these, by the way, are battery-powered. Okay, see, your power goes out. Um, and I have another one uh, across the room as well just to make sure that I got up when I said I would get up. Having two alarm clocks is a big deal if you are the kind of person who just tends to hit snooze or ignore the clock. Speaking of snoozing, you can't snooze an alarm clock if it's not right next to your bed. So if you have a problem with snoozing, moving the alarm clocks away from the bed really far works very well. And then the second component there is I also said that these alarm clocks are so far away I can't see them. Now, I said before, I wear contacts, right? My vision is not fantastic. So if I don't have contacts or glasses in at night, because I don't, I can't read the time which is interesting. This is something that actually started probably a year ago, year and a half ago, which is that I'm intentionally positioning the alarm clock so I don't know what time it is. My ignorance here is bliss. If I don't know what time it is, I can't keep track of how long I'm not sleeping. One thing that I have seen, I know from myself, my own habits, is that if I can see what time it is, I'll think about what time it is. And then I'll think, my gosh, Jeff, it's already, you know, 1230 in the morning. And you're not asleep yet. Oh, man, it's one o'clock and you're still not asleep yet. Right? If those are the, the thoughts going through your brain, you can talk yourself out of sleeping. That's not helpful, right? The opposite, though, has worked wonderfully for me, which is if I don't know what time it is, I'm not thinking about the time. I'm just not. I'll think about other things, but not what time it is. And because of that, I sleep better. I guarantee you that I have improved my sleep based on that one strategy alone. Two alarm clocks far away, can't touch them, can't see them, but they do exist. That's a big one. Next tech we have in the bedroom that my wife and I have used for a long time is a white noise machine. Uh, This is another thing that's a cue for sleep. It's also one that has helped a lot with kids, (laughs) a lot, which is to block out other extraneous noises in the house. If you have a creaky old house or your neighborhood's loud, whatever the case may be, 
a white noise machine will block out quite a bit of background noise. And for me, that's become essential to sleep, uh, something that is now very hard to sleep without. So it's a crutch, absolutely, but I love it. Next strategy is one that Tessa uses that I don't, which are earplugs. Um, I find earplugs to be extremely weird. I don't like things inside my ears ever, including in-ear headphones, uh, earplugs, doesn't matter. I don't like it. I hate cotton balls in my ears to clean them out. Like It's, it's not even a thing I like. So for me, I, I, don't, I don't use them, but Tessa uses them whenever she's trying to block out the noises of our children while I'm watching them in you know, early mornings or late at night. Her earplugs work great for that. The next thing that I added a few years ago was a HEPA air filter in the bedroom. Um, I'll have a link in the show notes for this specific model that I use. I actually have this exact same air filter in my girls' bedrooms as well as in my home office, uh, a bunch of these things, because you know, I have bad allergies. You know, My sinuses tend to struggle quite a bit, uh, but I saw a direct impact from the day before I used this air filter to the very first night that I had it next to my bed for sleeping. It absolutely improved my sleep because I could breathe better. Breathing well at night is crucial. And this is what we're going to get to. These next few strategies are all related to this topic. The air filter is such a big deal. If you have not previously prioritized air quality, I recommend that you do. And an air filter is essential for that. Along those same lines, I also want to improve my ability to breathe through my nose. Uh, I did discuss previously in the podcast the fact that I use mouth tape based on the book Breath, uh, which I will also link to in the show notes. And that book really emphasizes the fact that nasal breathing is extremely good for you, and especially at night. If you can guarantee nasal breathing all night long, you will have so many more health benefits because of that. And I have done this now for the last two, two or three years. So I use a tape, which I'll also link to, that I block my mouth so I can't breathe through my mouth at all um, unless I choose to. You can't you can override this. You're not going to die here. Initially, you'll have some fears. Don't worry. You'll overcome this and, and figure it out. But the mouth tape thing is uh, once you get used to it, it works really well. And breathing through your nose becomes such a big, important, and helpful thing. Now. Another thing you may run into if you're trying to breathe through your nose and you can't, if it's you're struggling here, I bought a device called the Hail Breather or Hail Breathing Nasal Device. This device literally is a little piece of rubber that you stick up into your nose and it widens your nostrils. I just hit the microphone. It widens the nostrils so that I wish you could see me here on video. I'm getting really weird. But you put this thing up in your nose. It opens up your sinuses. And for me, I absolutely can get more airflow through my nose. This is especially important if you have sinus problems or drainage or mucus or all those really nasty things we have in our brains. This can open that up. I'm not going to argue it's the most comfortable or it's really made for everyone, but I think it's definitely worth checking out if you think that that will be helpful for you. Um, I now use it every night and I think it works really well. So the combination here of a great air filter, my nose being literally opened up physically combined with mouth tape, there's a lot going on to encourage me to breathe through my nose with very clean filtered air. Okay. Now, along these same lines, I also recently added a dental guard. So it's, you know, a mouth guard, which is just so sexy, right? It's great to have a dental guard. You know, it looks ridiculous, but 
Um, I found out from my dentist about a year ago that I am grinding my teeth at night a lot more than I used to. And there's evidence of that. When I see the dentist, they can see the effects of grinding. And that tends to happen for those who are high achievers, highly stressed out, uh, drink too much coffee, push too hard, don't sleep enough. My life story, right? This is all the things I do. I tend to be a a teeth grinder, and I knew this for a long time. I would wake up in the middle of the night and knew I was clenching my jaw and grinding those teeth. So a dental guard has been a big help for that. So um, I spent a lot of extra money to have it custom made to fit me perfectly, and that was also worth it. So if you try the -the over-the-counter options and they don't work for you, spend the money and get the better ones uh, because they're great. Fast forward to the end of 2024 and think about your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should check out my sponsor, Babbel. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, and studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions, without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay, having said all of that, there is one final tech piece that I have just recently, that Tessa and I have just installed in our bedroom last two weeks ago, I think, and it's a grounding mat. If you've ever researched grounding or earthing, as it's called sometimes, um, you may be highly aware of this. It's a simple concept that if you put your, your two naked feet on the earth, that you are connected to the earth in a way that you otherwise would not be by modern rubber shoes or, you know, if you're in an office building, you are disconnected from the earth. There's a documentary I'll also linked to in the show notes uh, that inspired Tess and I to purchase these grounding mats and other accessories from earthing.com. It is the place where we bought these materials and it's one where it's designed to, in theory, have you connected to the earth and some of the benefits that are discussed. I can't uh, actually say that these things are true for me, but what others have said is that grounding helps them sleep better at night, that they have fewer aches and pains in their body in the next morning. I'm not going to uh, be the, you know, the big fan here at this point in time because we just started using it. And honestly, I've been sick, so I don't know if it's been that effective. Um, If I get some better, more clear results, I'll discuss that in more detail in the show. But this is an area where I'd like to hear from you. Uh, If you are more of an expert in grounding than I am, uh, or you have a positive experience, or you have evidence that it doesn't work at all, 
I would like to hear that. So email me, jeff at jeffsanders.com, and I will publish an update on the show about that topic because it's one that I think has a lot of potential if the benefits are real and they actually work. Um, It may be more subtle and you get these effects over time, but either way, what it practically looks like for us now is we have this, what looks just like a, a black sheet that is draped across the lower half of our bed and then our, our skin will touch that at night and we are grounded because that mat is literally plugged into the outlet in our bedroom attached to only the ground part of the outlet. In the U.S., a three-prong outlet. Uh, two of them are for power, you know, positive and negative charge, and the ground is the other one. Well, this connection only goes to the ground. And so then you are getting this direct connection to the earth wherever you happen to be plugged into the wall. It's a really interesting concept and one that I want to learn more about going forward. Okay. Now, speaking of being in bed and touching your skin to a mat, phase six is your clothing choice or lack thereof. So this is probably right after Tessa and I got married. I read a blog post, a random article about the possible benefits of sleeping naked. And I got super excited about it, and I immediately tried it out that very first night. And man, was it weird. (laughs) It was super weird because I had slept with clothes on my whole life, and to all of a sudden have no clothes on in the bed, um, it was weird. There's a lot of, of detail I could go into that I will not. But let me just say that if you have never experienced naked sleeping, I want you to try it. I want that should be your action step this week tonight when you go to bed do your best to try this out. Uh, you may have to make some adjustments. Um, I'm not going to go into more detail. I'm going to stop here. But let me just tell you, sleeping naked has been essential for me. I have slept naked for more than 12 years since I read that random blog post. Um, is it actually necessary? I don't know. But I like it, so I do it. So if you want to try it and it helps your sleep, go for it. Now, my wife does not do this. She wears actually quite a bit of clothing at night. Uh, long underwear is her favorite uh, clothing of choice, along with some big, loose, fluffy socks. Uh, so she is much more bundled up uh, than I am, very clearly. But the clothing choice here is a big deal because you don't want the clothes you choose to wear or clothes you choose not to wear to, once again, disrupt your sleep. The goal here is to find the things that cue you to say, It's time for sleep. I can get into a deep sleep. I'm going to feel fantastic tomorrow morning. So what does that look like for you? And can you make some adjustments that might allow that to be possible? Okay. Finally, phase number seven is to actually go to sleep. Now, what's interesting here is I I was talking to Tessa about this topic quite a bit. It was why you've heard lots of advice from her in the episode this week. I asked her, what's your number one piece of advice for someone if they're struggling with sleep, they're trying to go to bed? What do they do? And she said, very matter-of-factly, the same thing she's said her whole life, which is just go lay down in bed with your eyes closed. That's it, (laughs) which is really funny because she learned this strategy from her mother when she was a kid. Because, of course, little kids, like my daughters are now, uh, they fight going to bed and they don't want to. So her mother uh, told Tessa, just give it 20 minutes. You lay down with your eyes closed for 20 minutes, and if you're still awake, then you can get up and we can you know, play games, and, you know, eat ice cream, whatever. And, of course, within a few minutes, she was asleep. Laying down in bed with your eyes closed 
is the biggest cue that exists in the world to go to bed, to actually fall asleep. So if you are struggling to fall asleep or to be tired in the evening, but you're feeling this you know, frustration while watching TV, while looking at your phone, while doing anything else besides laying in your bed with your eyes closed, that may be the most obvious kind of, yeah, duh, solution to go try. So please try that one first. If that one fails, of course, I gave you a lot of other options. Now, another strategy that uh, Tessa has loved recently is using sleep stories from the Calm app specifically. That's the one that she is obsessed with. And so she goes to bed before I do every night. And so if I sneak in there a few minutes after she's gone to bed, I will hear these stories playing in the bedroom, right? Usually it's some of the Scottish accents and a really cool voice. And they're speaking these very slow stories with the intention to lure you into sleep so that you won't actually hear the end of the story because you fell asleep to this lovely, slow, nonsensical, just banter. And that's pretty effective. Sleeping podcasts are some of the most popular podcasts out there. If you've never listened to one, um, I will try to find the better ones that I know of. Um, I was actually a guest on one of those shows a long time ago. But there are quite a few podcasts uh, that exist now that are specifically for, hey, let's let's go to bed now. Let's just listen to some stories and distract yourself from whatever has been going on in your brain. Now, along that same topic, one thing that I did without realizing it for many years was I would watch cartoons late at night, and and then I would fall asleep better. And I didn't realize what was going on until years into this. Um, specifically, I would watch Family Guy, which is a really dumb, raunchy TV show that everyone's probably aware of at this point. But Family Guy, being what it is, was the perfect transition between you know the work day, the stress, the activity, the to-do list, all these things that matter to me, to all of a sudden watching something that is completely ridiculous, that is silly, that is non-consequential, inconsequential, something that is really just, it doesn't matter what's happening on this screen, and it was enough to take my mind off of the day and go to bed feeling completely fine. Oftentimes, what we need is a disruption. We need to break that cycle that's going on in our heads and in our bodies to shift us from that you know, very on mentality all day to the very low-key mentality while sleeping. So whatever is going to help you make that transition you know, in these really soft and easy ways is going to be great. Um, I, this, this last strategy here is one I have never found success with, but I know others who have, which basically is visualizations. You will intentionally think about the things that these sleep stories might tell you to think about, which would be, you know, a river slowly flowing down and there's a mountain and there's, you know, nice flowers. You just you visualize anything that's just soft, easy, fluffy, whatever's going to help you go to bed well. The process here, once again, is to make this very clear transition from the uppity up of the day to the very low key at night. That's it. So I just, without you realizing it, probably just gave 37 different sleep strategies. There's quite a few here you probably have not tried. Quite a few here you probably do not need. Quite a few here that probably will backfire on you when you try them. Awesome. I'm all for that because experimentation is how you discover what works best for you. So pick any of these things and see what happens. Also, this is pretty obvious too. I may have missed some. 
And I would love to know what those are. If you have a sleep strategy that has been rock solid for you, tell me about it. Once again, email me, jeff at jeffsanders.com. Having said that, let's now get to the final section, which is my personal top 10 favorite deep sleep routine. These are the things that I've already mentioned with one bonus <laughs> here at the end of the day that I think are my go-tos, the things that will I'll probably forever keep in some form from here for the rest of my life. Number one of my routine is a nighttime shower, my biggest cue that the day is ending. Number two is a cool temperature at night. Uh, that is essential for me. If it's not cool, I'm not sleeping. Number three is a dark bedroom. Number four is a white noise machine. Uh, I have found that to be critical to make sure that I am not hearing any distracting sounds. Number five is my big heavy blanket that I just love for comfort. Number six, my four pillows, which is a bit ridiculous, but I still love them. Number seven, sleeping naked. There's that one. Number eight is the eye mask. Number nine, my mouth tape, which is probably the most controversial and challenging for most people, but also the one that I think has some of the biggest impacts. And finally, number 10 dun, 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 is my leave-in conditioner for my beard. <laughs> so this is also not at all essential. Um, I've been growing a beard for the last seven months. If you haven't seen me on social media recently, um, I look a little different than you see on my podcast album artwork there. Uh, Clean Shave Jeff has not been around for a long time. Um, I don't know how long I'm going to keep my beard, but one thing I know that I love to do is to put a leave-in conditioner in my beard before I go to bed. Um, it has become Awesome, not just because it makes my beard softer, which is lovely, but more importantly, it smells nice. So what I've discovered while using this conditioner is not that I need my beard to be softer or need to do the activity of applying a conditioner before I go to sleep. What I have found is that the lavender scent that is in the conditioner has now become a cue for sleep as well. This is mind-boggling to me how many uh, cues that I have, you know, while putting together this script for the episode, I was really amazed at how many intentional and unintentional sleep cues that I've baked into my life. There are so many, you have a ton as well. And the more of these that can exist for you, the more likely it is that you're going to have the cues you need to go to bed and fall asleep and stay asleep and sleep well and hit your REM cycles and wake up tomorrow morning, feeling refreshed, ready to go. That's the intention. That's what all of this is about so that your 5 a.m. miracle can exist and be uh, amazing. It can be the thing that I have been pitching on this show for almost 10 years. This idea that you can bounce out of bed with enthusiasm, have all this amazing, extraordinary energy to tackle your lifelong grand goals. Yeah, I say all that stuff every week because it's true. All of that is possible, but the big but here. <laughs> is that it's based off of this foundation of sleep. And if you don't have it, you can forget the rest of that stuff. Honestly, just forget it. Because if you've ever had a day where you woke up with one hour of sleep, how'd that day go for you, right? It's terrible. No one likes that. That's why international travel is so challenging. It's not because being in a, an airplane for a long time is hard. It's because you haven't slept. That's the thing that's hard. When sleep is baked into your life, everything is better. And I mean everything, your health, 
your productivity, your goal achievement, your attitude, your hope for the future, like everything gets better with awesome sleep. So use these strategies, pick what you want, make it work for you. And I'll say this again, because I need to say it again. Email me your ideas, jeff at jeffsanders.com. There we go. And for the action step this week, I would love for you to just pick one sleep strategy to implement tonight. Yes, once again, you've got a lot of choices. So just pick one you can take action on that's easy, that gets results tonight. And then, of course, tomorrow morning. And then going forward, pay attention to your sleep to figure out where things can improve and use a few more strategies to get the best sleep you can. JeffSanders.com slash 488 is the place to go for all of those links I discussed with those products earlier in the episode this week. And of course, subscribe to or follow this podcast and Apple Podcasts or Spotify to never miss an episode of this show. That's all I've got for you here on the 5 a.m. Miracle Podcast this week. Until next time, you have the power to change your life. And the fun begins, well, late at night or in the middle of the night or whenever you get your awesome sleep. There you go. (laughs) Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and I'm here to tell you about Greg McEwen and his amazing show, The Greg McEwen Podcast, part of the Yap Media Network. Want to achieve more by doing less, all while avoiding burnout? You can design a life that really matters with Greg McEwen, author of New York Times bestsellers, Effortless and Essentialism. His mission is to help you advocate and negotiate your way to remarkable results. Every Tuesday, Greg discusses one key topic he finds interesting and valuable through the lens of the essentialist. Every Thursday, he invites thought leaders, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and people like you for inspired weekly conversations focused on learning how to do what matters first and do less but better. His content will stir your thoughts and spark inspiration and action. And his British accents, well, that's just the cherry on top. Subscribe to the Greg McEwen podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.